Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Oh, what a day of test cricket. Australia roared back in the last session and took control of the test at the Gabba. Welcome back to Cricket Daily. I'm Menas. I'm with Dennis. Paul, how are you? Hey, Menas. G'day, everyone. Wow, what a day. Travis Head, once again, proves that the way to play test cricket is played as if it's white ball cricket. All this nonsense that everyone says about, you know, it's about occupation and grinding it out. Play your natural game and the runs will come. What about that? What about oh. that for an innings? Oh, it was sensational. Uh, you don't often see a century in a session. And Paul is one who uh, loves cricket history. Um, you know, you rarely see that. You do. And um, it's a bit hard to compare because in the old days they bowl so many overs in an, in an hour. And this session, I think it was uh, at the at the point where he got his century, it was longer than a normal session because of the half hour extra time. But they hadn't even bowled 30 overs. So, yeah, really, really impressive. What what, what did the 100 come off? How many balls? 84 or something 85 like that? balls, I think. 85. In the lead up to it, I was looking to try and find the, the fastest century ever scored at the Gabba. And as, as far as I can tell, this is it um, comfortably. Now, in the old days, they didn't always count the balls. But I, I think this is this is a pretty impressive achievement. And came right at the perfect time for Australia. I was actually, um, not to name drop, but I was, I was on um, English radio in the dead of the night while everyone was asleep um, over there. And I was at the one time when it looked like Australia was going to struggle a little bit. So I was very humble and um, missed my chance to be smug because the entirety of the, the time before my radio interview and the entirety of the time afterwards, Australia was dominating. But there was that brief <laughs> period where they got those four quick wickets and it looked like, um, looked like England could be back in the game. Yeah, well, you spot on. The Australia um, looked like they might um, give up a really good position after Labuschagne and Warner had batted well. Um, and that's what I loved about Head's innings, that, uh, he, you know, the match was in the balance and he took the aggressive option. And I heard Chris Rogers speaking on the radio this morning saying, you know, that's what Travis Head does at shield level. When he, he comes out to bat, he really tries to smack the bowlers around. And he, he wanted to see him do that at test level and he did it later on. So uh, quite prophetic of Rogers. Uh, Australia 7 for 3-4-3 at the end of the second day. They're leading with 196. Uh, just yeah, a terrific day for Australia. I mean, it, they would win the day and are scoring over almost 350 um, in 84 overs. Quite tremendous. Sure was. And back on Travis Head, I used to play a fictional game called Ian Chappell where I would assume that everyone out there was trying to do the same as me and work out what Ian Chappell would say. And in this instance, if I was still playing it, I would say, I didn't actually hear him on the radio today, but I would deem that he said that he had played a counter-attacking innings. It's one of his real um, buzzwords along with um, 
horizontal bat shots and the importance of number three and the captain. He loves the counter-attacking innings and with good reason um, because, as we said, it brought Australia back from it. You know, it, it was crazy that England couldn't have done more wrong than they did in the sense of bowling first when they shouldn't have, uh, picking the wrong side, dropping catches, bowling no balls, that got wickets, missing runouts. And yet for that brief flicker, you, you could suddenly see, oh, they could restrict Australia to a lead of about 90 here. And who knows what would happen after that? But yeah, it's, it's oh, completely yeah. changed. When now. Australia went from one for 166 to five for 195, I was worried that we were giving up a, 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 the test, that we might end up uh, chasing down, you know, 200, 300 in the last innings. Um, so you're right. It did, until Head got out there, it was in the balance. I mean, let's go, let's backpedal um, and start at the beginning of the day. Marcus Harris. Out early, caught in slips off Ollie Robinson for three. I think if you'd scripted a Marcus Harris dismissal, it would have been that one. Yeah. Um, for all what I've been saying that I've been happy with his average in recent years, as soon as that happened, it's sort of, oh, I kind of thought that might happen. So I noticed they haven't missed him in the News Limited Press. I think it's Nick Savage has written an article saying, statistically, he's now the worst opener in the history of the Ashes. They've taken great glee and um, saying that, but you know his his figures are pretty uh, pretty modest. But I'm sure they'll give him another chance in Adelaide, and he'll have a second innings here. So you never know. But he does look like he's got that um that nick off in him uh, in his locker too much. Yeah, and it it doesn't all go well for him because you know Adelaide with the pink ball won't suit his game, and um you know they might not even bat in the second innings. I mean we'll come to it later on, but I, I think Australia could roll England tomorrow. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, so Harris goes early, and I thought England actually in that first sort of hour, hour and a half, bowled really well. Yeah. I think the one thing that I would criticise them is that they did what they sometimes do. What is it that Michael Holding calls it? The pretty length, or whether they bowled a lot of balls that were certainly not bad, but there was that stat that they said that I think of his first 45 balls, Labashane was able to let, 22 go through to the keeper. And I think that's something that they needed to, to work on. So they didn't bowl half trackers. They didn't bowl half volleys. But it was very noticeable, especially um, Labashain and, to a degree, Warner, they weren't interested in playing big, expansive drives to balls on the up outside the off stump, which I thought was tactically very smart because that's the way you get out. So, yeah, England bowled pretty well. And, look, if, if a few things had gone their way, then it could have been very different. Um, there was the the... The catch that went to um, uh, just short of was it Joe Root um, off Labashain? Yeah. Which and and Mark War made the point. Even the one that Milan caught to get um, Harris out, he only just caught, and that really the the whole slip couldn't should have been closer in. And then of course, I mean, the, the no ball that clean bowled uh, Warner. That was the turning point in the match. Uh, obviously, I mean, it might be the turning point of the whole the whole ashes that that was a moment of, Oh wow. England are really looking, you know, they could open us up here. And then when they said the checking for the no ball, there's just this sense of inevitability. Like you could sort of tell from Stokes's body language that uh, he, he knew he was in trouble. So yes, that was a dramatic moment in the day. Oh, crazy. So Warner was 17 when um, he was bowled off the no ball. The score was on 30. It was the fourth, ball I think of Stokes's spell and all four had been no balls uh David Warner n went on to make 94 off 176 so uh crucial um and then Australia really sort of 
cruised into lunch at one for 113. So you, you have to sort of say at that point, Australia well on top, uh, Labashane and, and Warner batted really well. Um, but then, the, you know, they lose that those wickets together. So uh, Labashane, uh, I've got to say that was a, a terrible shot. So, you know, I do my good day, bad day. Manus Labashane's shot to Leach almost got the Bad Day Award. Uh, but in the end, I've given it to Leach because Leach <laughs> is one for 95 off 11. That was a bad day. Poor Jack Leach, terrible day. So he gets the Bad Day Award. But that Manus shot, he hits the ball before for six. And then it, it's just a good length ball on off stump. It wasn't even wide. And he backs away and just cuts it to point. And, and that was just giving his wicket away. I mean, there was no reason to play the shot. It was a poor choice of shot to the ball. And had Australia collapsed from there and been all out, you would have got mad menace just completely roasting Labashane. So head saved Labashane from a, a mad menace roast because what? my thing is when you get in in test cricket, all the good batters say you got to cash in. And I think Labashane just gave his wicket away. Oh, look, I think you're being ridiculously hard. Why? Because he scored seventy four. I, he... I didn't give him the bad day award, but he was a, a contender for it. <laughs> I think you know if I had to pick, maybe if I had to pick twenty bad day awards, he might get. He might be the twentieth out of the twenty two. Oh, he had a very mate, good nah. day. He, he had he a loved, fine. You don't day. give your wicket away at test level. That was a oh, how many shot. test matches have you played? <laughs> All right, champ. <laughs> we're ready to day two of our daily podcast, and we're already just dismissing each other. Uh, so, okay, but in the but in the innings, they were talking. They were talking about the fact that um, he was in line to bring up, I think, two thousand test runs uh, faster than putting Braden aside. It was just about equal second fastest in history. Um, he got a seventy four today. There's not much more you can ask from the bloke. Like, I think he's had a fantastic day. All right, now, bad, uh, almost bad day. So he gives his wicket away for 74. <laughs> then I think uh, Smith, it was Smith out next, um, or was it Labashane? Yeah, Smith is out. Smith is out next, and then Warner. So we Smith, I thought, looked pretty good out there, but weird for him to edge one. It was weird because I um uh, I had to go for a. <laughs> I had to watch my daughter do her drama recital. And so I was yeah. actually listening it's a repeat to of me on the weekend. I know. Smart I know. Man. Um, <laughs> um, it was excellent by the way, but I was um, listening in the car <laughs> on the way there. And so I, for, it, it gave me a good different perspective actually, but it was, it was interesting. I was listening to a mixture of um, SCN and ABC and uh, Jared Whateley had been saying that actually Smith looked like he was, um, it was a very atypical Smith innings that he was, um, streaky, uh, that he looked like as a, a cat on a hot tin roof. Ian Healy said it reminded him of a little bit of Steve Ward towards the end of his career, how he'd sort of want to jump out the gate, get to 20 or 30, and then he'd settle down. So they were saying the opposite of that. They were saying that Smith looked anything but good. No, no, he played some nice drives. And, yeah, I thought he looked fine, but uh, weird for him to edge one. So that was off Wood. Um, and then this is the – so then who's the next one out after – Smith then Warner gets out to Robinson for 94, uh, just spoons it to mid off. You kind of feel though that Warner had been living such a, a charmed life at the crease. Uh, you can't really complain with that 94. Um, <laughs> so, so Warner plays that shot and you're absolutely fine, but you're, you're willing to give, um, Mark, Mark, almost give, um, Labashane the, 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 the bad player of the day. Anyway, I take your point. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to the no balls incident by the way, as well, because I'm 
fuming about that and, whole situation. Uh, and also, I think we'll, let's just spend four hours at the end complaining about the overrate. Because uh, yes, uh, we, we'll, we'll we'll spend it and we'll we'll do it deliberately slowly to match the overrate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but fantastic day's cricket, though. <laughs> we should say yeah, was, I enjoyed exactly. every moment of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but, but Warner, um, he had that um. Uh, the, the bowler for no ball, the dropped catch where Rory Burns hasn't had probably hasn't had the best test match when he dropped a sitter to go with his golden duck. And then Hasib Hamid, where uh, Warner flicked it to him and was out of his crease, and Hamid kind of threw it before he realized that Warner had fallen to the ground and was kind of marooned on the ground, threw it at the stumps and missed. So, yeah, he, he lived a bit of a charmed life, but still, um, uh, he, he patted very well in and around that. And then, um, was it then Cameron Green got first baller? Yes, and I don't know if you remember, but we commentated a Shield match at the SCG mm. maybe two or three years ago where I think it was three seasons ago now probably. Cummins got him. And, yeah, and well, it was, remember both innings, his shouldered arms in the first innings, maybe Hazelwood in the second Cummins or vice versa, and he was bowled both innings. So, uh, I mean, there is something there. I mean, you know, maybe he's vulnerable, <laughs> first ball, shouldering arms. Maybe that's one of his weaknesses. Uh, but so he gets out for a golden duck, which uh, I, what do you, you, can't, you can't say much, but it was a not a pretty dismissal when you shoulder arms and get bold. And I, I think it, so I, I've got to give my good day award. I've got two good day awards. I want to give, obviously, Travis Head the best day, yep. 112 off 95. And also what's in a stunning achievement is he's also getting to get a copper a massive fine for an audible obscenity uh that was caught on the stump mic i'm not going to repeat it but uh he, he he certainly forgot he was playing international cricket there so um that wasn't the yeah, ball that he got hit though was it that was a different ball no 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 no. he just played yeah. and missed and went no but um, i don't blame like i mean they're meant to turn the stump mics off instantaneously and if they don't then I don't think oh. that's the rule anymore. I don't think no, I think I that's know. old rules. Um, so hundred good day, but Ollie Robinson three for forty eight. Uh, I mean, you and I spoke about it in the lead up to the series. Uh, he could he could be effective on Australian wickets, mm. and that was a stunning period of play. And uh, you know, it looked like as we said, England might wrestle the game at that point. Yep, and it was his bowling that Warner was dropped off as well. He was battling what looked like cramp later on in the day. Um, it has had echoes of those English tours of old where by the end of the tour, the manager was having a game because they're all, everything <laughs> was going wrong. Um, we'll and get Stokes to, didn't uh, look healthy? No, and that, the, Ricky Ponting made the point that um, when Travis Head got that um, four overthrows, uh, he cracked one to mid-off off Leach and mid-off hurled it at the stumps and it was a bad throw. It went through for four uh, four overthrows. Root had been standing at first slip, didn't move at all to, to back the bowler up. And, oh, you know, the, the close-ups of Root during this match, in, particularly today, his face looks drawn and pensive and um, I think he's pretty angry and, um, you know, he, he can see where this tour could go. Hasn't got there yet. That, you know, that they, they could still hit back, but um, I felt a bit sorry for him. Yeah, I mean, this was a disastrous day for England. I mean, as you say, it was like a quintessential English capitulation at the Gabba. Dropping catches, wickets off no balls, bowlers going down, batting collapse, a spinner that's getting carded. I mean, it's just tick. If you're playing Pommy Bingo, all the boxes are ticked right now. Um, imagine imagine <laughs> if they'd won the toss and bowled and gone with Broad and Anderson. Um, they might have already won the test match by now. <laughs> 
Um, what do you think about the Australian batter's tactic of just going hell for leather at Jack Leach? I mean, he's 11 overs, one for 95. That's a, a run rate of 8.65. I mean, that's that's good T20 cricket, not just T20 cricket. Uh, th- that was a, a tactic. I think it was helped by the fact that they saw Stokes a bit injured and they thought, well, here's our opportunity. But it was it was savage. Well, that's the thing, that with these back-to-back test matches, you get the England bowlers. That's what's happened in the past that where they've, they've, they've had really long periods of competing, but then the tour has just worn them down. And I think that strategy is excellent, that you, you, don't give them, you don't give Root the chance to be able to rely on Leach. Um, and so that the, the quicks have to rotate. And then we had Robinson with some cramp. Uh, Stokes looked like he'd injured his knee. Um, it, was all, it was all struggling. Actually, just one thing before I forget, because it was kind of around this point of the day, um, when I was, I was watching a bit of it on um, on KO and hearing the Fox the Fox commentary and Shane Warne to, to, to the point that we raised yesterday, and it wasn't talking about us, but he said that um, they've got the first draft pick to pick at the uh, London Spirit, and they're giving serious um, serious contemplation to picking Mitchell Stark. And then Warne said, oh, "Wouldn't that be good if I became his coach? We'd have a we'd have a few beers after the day's play and a few good chats." And um, I, I think. It was quite nice of Warney to um, – it went a little bit of the way to redress some of the stuff that he'd said before. I know you're not going to be mollified by it. I thought it was a bit funny, though. Oh, yeah, but that's that's what I want Warney to do. Like, I want mm. Warney, when, say, something like that happened in the first innings and Wickstart gets the wicket to have a laugh and go, oh, he's made me look like a bit of a muffet, muppet. That's all you have to do. And then everybody laughs and you move on. Um, on that front, on that front, I need to yeah. apologise to you. Um, you said how the ball swung a, a foot and a half the first ball yesterday. And I thought you were just being um, hyperbolic. And I said, no, I don't think it swung a foot and a half. But I've subsequently seen the, the footage, and you're right. It swung a foot and a half. So, um, yes, uh, I stand corrected. I knew, I knew it swung accepted. a bit. I just didn't realise it had swung that far. Apology accepted. Uh, Alex Carey's first test innings, 12 off 32. Pulled a half track at a Pope at mid-wicket, so he'll be unhappy with the dismissal, but I think he looked a test player, calm, composed, didn't look out of his depth. Yeah, that's the that was exactly when my daughter's ballet, uh, not my daughter's ballet, oh. my daughter's um, drama was on. So I, I've read the Crick Info, Crick Info updates, but you don't quite... You just take my word for it. I'll take your word for it, yeah. 12 off 35, yeah. fantastic. Um, Cummins, he made 12 in his first innings. He's got to bat at nine. Cummins should not be batting at eight. We've said it all the time. He has everything about Cummins is fantastic, except his batting is vastly overrated. He has one of the Mm. lowest averages of all time for an Australian batting at number eight. Stark's a better bat. They should swap around. Yeah, it's a good hill to die on. Um, So, yeah, so Australia finish seven for 343. Stark's 10 not out. Travis Head, 112 not out off 95 deliveries. Head head the winner today. Uh, We'll get to all the comments. um, But uh, really, that to me has cemented Head's spot for a while because not not the fact that it was 100, but the way he played. Uh, You know, that's what we need from a number five, an aggressive counterattacking player and uh, just... You know, hats off to him because there was a lot of pressure on him. The Kawaja head thing would have been such a close run thing. Had he done what Harris did and edged to second slip, then the the, the wolves would be circling. Well, that doesn't make sense, but whatever. You know what I mean. And long may he play this way. That this is the way he should play. He's a, you know he made his mark those years ago in that day, uh, the New Year's Eve game in Adelaide in the Big Bash, and keep on playing this way. Obviously, there will be times when you can't, but uh, I'm just really happy for him and and. 
that that ball later on the day where he copped a full toss from a mark a bean ball really for Mark Wood that uh, luckily hit his glove first and then ricocheted up into his um, into his grill. Um, his reaction to that was exemplary. I mean, it's easy to react in a friendly, happy way when you realize a I haven't been seriously injured and b I've just played the best innings of my life, and so you'd be mm. on a high. But it was really charming how he smiled and um, sort of patted his um, patted um, Mark Wood, and they were very calm about that. To his, if that audible obscenity thing, they shouldn't find that. I, I've got, you know, the, you have the stunt mics. Occasionally, players are going to say a swear word. No one cares. And mm. If the kids are listening and they and they pick it up as a result, we'll be a better parent. And um, it was just, them. it was a pretty, a pretty, um, you know, a pretty the, extreme swear word. It's one of the worst, the poorer swear words. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And not, like, it's so poor. I'm not even going to say it on this stream and I'll say just about anything. So um, yes. <laughs> look, I've had head on um, this podcast a few times and he's a lovely guy, really um, not a simple guy, but he, you know, he loves his golf and he's uh, in a long-term relationship. So I, I, yeah, I think we're going to see some good stuff from him. Um, so look, we're going to get to the questions in a minute. A couple of things I want to finish with. Uh, Mark Wall said after the game he thinks it'll be over tomorrow that uh, England will get bowled out. There's still enough in the wicket that the Aussie quicks will just uh, rattle through England. What do you think? Um, you know, it's all, it's possible. Um, you could go the other way. In 2010, um, after the first innings, England were behind by 250 or something, and they ended up one for 500 and uh, drawing it. This pitch does look like it's um, not flattening out like that one did. There was a, that was a one ball to Warner that went straight through the top and then bounced about 40 centimetres more than expected. And then a few hours later, one died. Uh, no, I don't think, I, I think England will show some fight, but I don't, I, I think Australia still uh, obviously goes without saying that Australia is still in the box seat. One thing I forgot to mention as well, Mark Wood, I thought bowled well. He's someone that I had scepticism about. Uh, I thought he justified his selection and um, and bowled really well today. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their figures, um, so Mark Wood won for 57 in 20 overs, Robinson 3 for 48 in 18, Chris Wokes 1 for 56 in 20. That was fine. But then, you know, Stokes wasn't at his best with the injury. Leach, we've talked about. Root had to bowl six overs of rubbish, although he got a wicket. So it just the first three, actually, when you think yeah. about it, if they had picked broader Anderson, as you said, hair selector, um, yeah, they'd have been much better off. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, it's uh, you, Right again, Danners, right again. Oh, no, no. Um, I, mean, I wasn't saying that. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I said it. Uh, okay, and um, let's get stuck into it. So as soon as play ended, the messages started coming in. The first one, AGS Cricket, and then from Steve, just furious that in seven overs of sorry seven seven hours of cricket they only played eighty four overs. That is that's just the big up yours to the Gabba crowd. I mean, you got to do better than that. I don't blame the players. I blame the administrators. The, the players, you know, you 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 kind of take as much rope as you can get. And the if the administrators wanted to fix this, they would have fixed it years ago. And the ICC. Um, they're culpable. Like they could fix it overnight. I've said it before. Uh, first thing, obviously, there is Root, take Root's head off, put it on a spike, put it by the gabba. No captain will ever do it again. As I've always said, just make it every over you bowl more than 90, both sets of players, each player gets a 10 grand for it. And then they'd bowl 150 overs in a day. No, but seriously, they should do what they do in the 100 and have the have something up on the board that says if you if you don't have a certain number of overs bowled a certain time, 
a fielder will have to go off the field or there'll be penalties that will apply and we're going to be all over the top of it and it would be fixed instantly and we'd never have to talk about it again. Um, either that or the broadcaster should say, right, um, we are demanding a discount. We only got to bowl, um, you know, 92% of the overs. We're only paying 92% of the fee for today. That would shut them up pretty quick. Well, nothing seems to work. Nothing seems to work. Now, we'll, let's go through the questions. Before that, just one thing. I want to do yeah. my stat of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry. It's stat of the day. Stat of the day is incredibly that in Ben Stokes' first five overs, he bowled 14 no balls. So that's 14 out of 30, oh, yeah. none of which were called on the field. The only one that was then called was the one that he got the wicket of David Warner. Now, this situation, and I, I haven't got my head around exactly how it has occurred, but what it seems as though is that from what Alison Mitchell said on Channel 7, that the the information technology supplier for the uh, the third umpire to do the calling, that went down before the test match. And so they've had to go back to the old method of the umpires on the field calling it. They didn't tell anyone, which is bloody disgraceful. They waited until they got caught out. Secondly, it's like the umpires didn't actually take it seriously. They've got so much into the habit of only looking at the business end that they stopped looking at the front foot. And I have great sympathy for the umpires because if you call one that's not a no ball, there's nothing, there's no recourse for fixing that and you can look like a, a, a prize goose. But how can this happen? This is the worst thing because for the spectator, the when the bats when the batter gets given not out as a result of the overstepping, it's such an unsatisfying experience. I know the bowlers should get their foot behind the line, but they haven't been able to for ten years since this whole um, let's check the no balls came in. It has always been the case. This fixed it because if it had been working, Ben Stokes would have been told, "Hey, mate, you went over the line there. No ball." He wouldn't have done it again. When Warner then would have got out. He would have been out. That's very much to the betterment of this test match if Australia got out lower in terms of the spectacle and everything else. So the ICC are an absolute disgrace that they have allowed this to happen. And, uh, you know, every time there's a wicket now, I'm going to think, oh, God, we're going to have to go through this purgatory of seeing have they overstepped. Well, now that I think about it, they actually were doing it yesterday and they didn't say it, but I, was, I sort of thought to myself, isn't it weird that after each wicket they are looking? They haven't been doing that of late. And I just thought, thought for some reason they are doing it. But it's it's crazy to get so angry about this. Um, and the day has been long and happy, so I've kind of calmed down. But <laughs> when it happened, I was... It's one of the angriest things I've been about in cricket in a long time. And I'm also angry that no one else seems to be that bothered by it. Uh, I saw a lot of Twitter anger. And it, it is frustrating. Look... Uh... I just think it's been poorly managed. The fact they weren't transparent about it, as you said, I don't think it's a big thing. I mean, we got through with this system for many, many years of test cricket. So as long as they're checking the no balls and, um, you know, Stokes but is they're way not, over. They're not checking them. No, they're but when there's, wicket, when there's a wicket, when there's yeah. a wicket. Uh, and, of course, you know what they did show in the break on Fox? As yeah. They have to show it about 100 times every oh, summer. It's in, yeah, it's in his contract. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but the... And do you, do you remember that guy in the T-shirt says Warney's oh, grouse and he Warnie's throws grouse. the hat down? Warney's grouse at cricket, yeah. yeah. And that it was fine the first it. time I saw it. Yeah, what grouse means because it's, it's I don't yeah. think it's Australian slang. I think it's Victorian slang. Um, I've yeah. never used the word grouse. Some VFL um, saying or something. <laughs> yeah, so um, bloody frustrating. What I don't understand is still can't they get the third umpire to look? What, what technology did they have? I mean, is it some sort of bell that went off? I actually thought that the third umpire was just doing it visually. That would still be better 
than than the current situation. Why, why not just do that? Well, the third umpire is just up there having cups of tea. But anyway. I wonder if the umpire had warned Stokes because Stokes had, as soon as they said they're going to check it, he went, okay, and he started walking back. So I wonder if the umpire had said a couple of balls before. I think you're pretty close to the line. Maybe. Um, all righty, let's get into the questions uh, from the audience. For those listening on podcast, Paul and I will take turns reading them out. I'll go first. This is from Reese Kemp. I still think England have the bowlers to trouble Australia in this series if they can get their selections right. I love the way the Aussies took down Leach and put the pressure back on the quicks. I agree. And that's the thing that if England do end up getting thrashed in this match, they should look to the fact that had they not made things so hard for themselves, they could have been ultra competitive here. All they need is to get the better of conditions in Adelaide. It could be one all very quickly and the series could be on. Yeah. Fifth test under lights that was confirmed today. And as I said, you just have to go back one summer to in India being bowled out for 32 or whatever, 36 and uh, they win the series. I didn't even know that. That's how much cricket's been on today. I didn't know. Is it at the MCG? No, they don't know. Um, they haven't announced where, but Hockley was on SEN and he said it has to be pink ball because of the TV. So even though uh, I've been campaigning, he said, he didn't say it, but I could tell he was responding to my ire. Um, <laughs> anyway, next question from Aiden. If Harris under-delivers the next innings of this test and next test, do we drop him for Usman? I think that's a strong possibility, yes. Yeah, so head security spot now at five. I don't think they'll give Harris more than two tests um, if he doesn't perform. So, yeah, I think, Aiden, you, you're spot on. Uh, Aiden, just a comment. Look at these two good-looking fellas. That's correct, a good comment. Brewer, uh, <laughs> Brewer. Yeah, you go. Um, you, you struggle with this whole concept of taking turns, don't you, Menace? <laughs> yeah, well, you're going. <laughs> we all got some good... <laughs> That's why you didn't read it. <laughs> Um, he congratulates Head on his performance today and says, will this be the end of Kawaja? Smith needs to lift and looks out of form. Um, Well, I think that uh, we just said in the previous question, Kawaja could come in as an opener. And um, I think one innings from Smith, you can't judge him from that. And um, I think he's got a bit of grace. Now, Luke Barrett, don't forget to mention the Australia A versus England Lions game. England Lions following the senior team at three for 13 at Stump. So, uh, Luke, I won't forget. So, Australia v AV taking on England. I saw this game being played, and my first instant was, Paul, instinct was, I'm annoyed that all these players like Renshaw and Maddinson and Kawaja and Mitch Marsh aren't playing in the Big Bash. They're playing some bloody England's Lions team. But I guess you need some red ball cricket being played. Yeah, it's a good point, though. I mean, we've been trying to get into the Big Bash, and I've watched a lot of it and, in, and enjoyed it, but there does seem to be a lack of depth in the squads that, that would be certainly improved by some of those players being in there. Mm. So yeah, Australia A batted first, made 213. Bryce Street made 26. Henry Hunt, 33. That sounds very similar to what um, Travis Head said before. Matthew Renshaw, 38. Nick Manson, a duck, unfortunately, your man, Maddo. Mm. Usman Kawaja, 11 off 20. Mitch Marsh, 33 off 45. That's about... Um, he's in. He's in for Adelaide. In for, 
Yeah, he's in, and he's in form. Captain. Josh, Captain. Josh, Josh Ingles, 6 of 10. Um, so, yeah, all out for uh, 2, whatever, 2, 13. And England are 3 for 13. Nisa Steckity and Boland have one wicket each. Yates, Rob Yates is gone. Alex Lees is gone. Tom Abel's gone. James Bracey's five not out. Matt Fisher's duck not out. So there you go, Luke. The England Lions in trouble. All, all, all in all, just another shocking day for English cricket. <laughs> now I'm just going through. There's a lot of comments here um, that aren't questions. So we'll just keep going. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> now, whose turn is it? I've forgotten. No, is it yours? It's yours. Labashain helped to anchor the innings with Warner. Menes is right that it was a bad shot, but he did his job well. Can't complain. Brewer 74. Yes, that's right. Um, I disagree. It was a bad shot, and I can't complain. But, yeah, no, I'm not complaining. I love Marnus. And I actually thought it was a great number three innings. I just would have liked to have seen him make 174 from that position. Next comment, um, Bal Balram Morel. Where's the diva? He just read that so, question. What? You're the diva. Well, the next question is, Menas is the diva. <laughs> the next comment. Um, very good. But Jaleesa Apps, um, you know, is part of Cricket Unfiltered. She'll be joining us for some Cricket Daily, but, you know, she has a, a job, like she's reading the news and stuff at night. Um, this is a good comment. Pom Pommy Bingo, great idea. I think we should um, start it off. You can take this one. Um. From Stephen Matlock, I think Stark will knock Warney back, though. Yeah, um, that's quite interesting. I, d I don't know how it works. Do you have the option to to say no? And if you do say no, does that mean you don't get to participate in the 100 altogether? Um, you know, uh, I'd, I'd like to see it happen. Now, Martin Lawrence has actually asked a question here. Is this the worst day for England in Australia since the famous day one also in Brisbane in 2002, that famous toss? Then AGS cricket has followed up with there's so many to choose from, Martin. Yeah. I mean, there's the 2006 day five Adelaide, which probably haunts them the most, that mm. Australia won from nowhere. Um, but you're right. You could... Um, you could pretty much name every day of the 2013-14 tour all Absolutely. how many days it lasted. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually going to say no, Martin. I actually think um, England, um, uh, you know, they've they've had a they've had a lot of glorious failures. So there's plenty of days to choose from, especially in the last 20 years. Um, last, I mean, the last three tours just whoa, tons of them. Um, well, I think that's it for all the questions. Um, thanks, everybody, that's written in. Yes, thanks. Keep on writing them in. They're good. All righty. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to Cricket Daily, your daily dose of Ashes news, bronze medal winners. Paul, um, what's happening tomorrow night? Are we doing a show or are you out? I'm not sure. We'll definitely do a show at some point. Um We'll, right. yeah, we'll hopefully just after stumps. But if uh, life gets in the way, as soon as might be um, a bit later. As, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening on the podcast feed, whether that's Cricket Daily or the Cricket Unfiltered feed. Thanks for everyone that's watched on YouTube and left comments. We really love having live viewers. And uh, yeah, go Travis Head, go Australia. For all the criticism of it, there was a, it was a wonderful day of Test cricket. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving at your desk. 
maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.